Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Father, we come before you, and we ask you to move in this place. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to our lives. We want to hear you, God. We came in this place because we want to hear a word that will change us and transform us. Lord, speak in such a way that your word will do a powerful work inside of us so that when we leave here, we will be able to say we will never again be the same. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for this opportunity that we have, God, to be in your house of worship. Have your way. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. This is what I'm going to do. The title of the series is called Praying the Psalms. And my idea was that I was going to go through Psalms 1 through 4 and each message was going to be based on one of the Psalms. Psalm 1, 2, 3, and 4. But as I was studying uh, Psalm 1, I realize that there's so much in this psalm that I'm going to stick to Psalm 1 throughout the series and I'm going to divide Psalm 1 up in four parts. Today, we're going to be talking about the warnings of a blessed life. And that's not a title that is very encouraging, but I believe that it's a title that should get our attention at least. The second message that I will preach is titled, The Joy of a Blessed Life. The joy of a blessed life. The third message will be the results of a blessed life. And the fourth one will be the future of a blessed life. And when we look at the Psalm, Psalm 1 particular right here, we will see why this is the case. But I want to begin by saying this. That one day, not too long ago, as I was traveling on the road with my wife, we were coming back from this conference to our home and we had to hurry up because we had to take our young child to the dentist. And so I remember that we're on our way back and we're in this two-way lane, this two-way highway, and I was very late and there was a truck in front of me that was going super slow. And so I thought for a moment I'm going to pass this truck. But in the moment that I thought I'm going to pass the truck, I saw a sign on my left-hand side that said, no passing zone. You know what that means. That means that in a two-lane highway, you cannot pass during the time where you're in that zone. But I was late. I was late. And so I looked through my rearview mirror. I didn't see a policeman. And then I looked forward, and I didn't see any cars ahead. So I said, here's my chance. I'm going to pass anyway. And I went ahead, and I accelerated past the truck. And as soon as I was about to go back into my lane, I saw the cars coming from ahead. And the first car, guess who it was? It was a cop. And the cop didn't even wait to pass me to turn on his lights. He turned them on as he was coming towards me, and he turned around immediately, stopped me. And when he stopped me, I put my window down. He came to the window, and you know what he asked. Do you know why I stopped you? 
And I said to him, sir, yes, I do. I didn't complain. I did not argue. I knew exactly why he had stopped me. I knew it was because I had violated one of the laws. And I want you to notice something here in Psalm chapter 1. That Psalm 1 is the beginning of a book of 150 psalms that are considered to be worship and prayer. In other words, they are books that are supposed to teach us how we are to approach God and come to him in worship and in prayer. And so the first thing that the psalmist does as this book is composed and is put together is that it gives us certain warnings about the things that we should not do. And I want to tell you that the truth is that when we look at a message or we hear a message that is stated in the negative, it's not very encouraging to us at all, but it gets our attention. You see, you may think that maybe in that moment like I was in, I thought maybe because it tells me do not pass, I should not pass, and it got my attention, but it really didn't get me to change. What got me to change was the fact that after the cops stopped me and gave me a big ticket, I realized that I had to avoid that going on into the future. Because not only the consequences of getting a ticket was something I didn't want in my life, but the consequences of having something worse than that happen because I violated a law that was put there for a specific reason. It was put there because maybe there was a curb up ahead. And because there was a curb, you probably can't see too well where cars are or where they're coming from. And so it tells you don't pass right here because the consequences of violating this law will result in death or something bad. So messages stated in the negative sometimes are there to help us to get our attention so that we will stay on the right path and not have to face consequences that will be destructive to our lives. And so the psalmist in chapter 1 and verse 1, in the Psalm 1, he begins by saying, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So he tells us, here's the first thing, as you approach God in worship and you approach God in prayer, the first thing you have to know is there are three things that should serve you as a warning that should be ahead of you to help you avoid those things so that you can live a life that is blessed, that you can live a life that God looks upon with favor, that you can live a life that will avoid consequences that you don't need to add to your life life because life is hard by itself already can I get an amen somebody here this morning so he says basically this and I want to sum this up three things that we should avoid as we approach God in our lives we should avoid not thinking acting or speaking in an evil way basically to sum up what he says is that we should avoid thinking acting or speaking in an evil way. Three things that we should avoid as we approach God. And so the first one is this. That a blessed person is one who does not think evil. Say with me, does not think evil. 
A blessed person is one who does not think evil. The psalmist says it this way. He says, he does not walk in step with the wicked. To walk in step is a metaphor for behaving. And so he's basically saying that the blessed do not behave like the wicked. In other words, the wicked are those that have evil desires, that have evil thoughts, that have evil intentions. So he's saying, do not behave like the wicked. Don't think like they do. Because wickedness, listen to me this morning, wickedness has its seat in the heart. That's why he says, don't think this way. Because wickedness, evil, has its seat inside of the heart, inside of the mind. That's where it begins. It's inspired by Satan. And it is a progressive and it's a contagious manifestation of evil in the lives of people. And so, that's why the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 7, verse 17 to 23, that the Pharisees on one occasion, they saw the disciples of Jesus eating and they didn't wash their hands. And they told Jesus, why is it that your disciples do not follow the law? Why is it that they don't wash their hands and clean their hands before they eat? And Jesus told them, listen, this is, this is what you have to know. It's not what comes into man that contaminates him. But what comes out of man that contaminates him. Because he said in verse 17 to verse 23, he said, it's what comes out of a person that defiles him. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from where? From inside. And they defile a person. That's why James also said, when you're tempted, don't say it's God the one that's tempting me. For God can't be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and they are enticed. Then after the desires has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So here the psalmist is saying, warning, warning, warning. As you approach God, remember this one thing. That evil begins inside of the mind. Realize this one thing. That evil desires don't start by acting out. They start like a thought inside of the mind. They start inside where no one can see it. So he's saying don't behave like the wicked. Don't think evil like they do. Don't give place to evil thoughts inside of your heart. Because if you give place to them, they'll be like seeds that are planted you see you when you plant a seed you might not be able to see it once it's in there but inside of the ground it is growing and it is maturing and it is 
giving off roots before it can come out and you can see it. It's already developing inside and that's how sin works. Sin begins inside of the mind and the psalmist is saying, listen, don't you think for a minute that just because you haven't acted out the sin or just because you haven't spoken out the sin that you are free and clear from the consequences of those sins. Jesus himself taught Jesus himself taught this. He said, listen, it's not just a sin to commit adultery. It's a sin to look at a woman lustfully. He was saying, sin actually begins inside of the heart of man. It begins like a thought inside of you. And it's in there that it starts developing and growing. And if you're not careful and if you don't heed this warning, that thing that is just a thought today can become an outward sin tomorrow and it can bring about consequences to your life that can be destructive. Well, I wish I, I was preaching to somebody here this morning. See, a woman, a woman is, doesn't become pregnant once you see her belly show. A woman is already pregnant at the moment of conception. You might not see it, but it's already growing inside. The baby is maturing inside. And James says it's a process. And that's why when it comes to sin, you have to kill that thought when it's still in the conception stage. Because if you don't kill it when it's as a thought, it will eventually grow to the point that it will be too late. And you'll give birth to it in your life and you'll find yourself living it out and facing the severe consequences of it. So you might say this morning, Pastor, what does it have to do with prayer? Well, it means that as we read the Psalms, you're going to find inside of the Psalms this word wicked mentioned many times. And as you come upon the word wicked mentioned a lot, you should pray. Listen, you should pray that God will punish the wicked. You should pray that God will deal with them. That God will let their wickedness come to an end. Come on, can I get an amen, somebody? We should pray, God, don't let the thoughts of the wicked be conceived, be given birth to. Don't let the thoughts and evil desires of those, Lord, that are doing wrong come to fruition. Stop them, Lord, before they come out. Let them abort those thoughts so that they will not hinder your purposes. But we should also pray as we go through the Psalms and we come upon the word wicked, we should also pray, God, deliver me from the wicked. God, I pray that you won't let me fall into temptation. Guard my mind. Guard my thoughts, God, from evil. We should be praying as we read through the Psalms and we come to God in prayer. God, purify my mind and my thoughts so that I will not fall into temptation. As I approach God and I'm faced with this first warning about how I should approach God, I should remember 
if I don't deal with my thoughts, eventually my thoughts will deal with me. If I don't get a hold of my thoughts now, my thoughts will get a hold of me later. That's where it begins. And that enemy wants to make you believe, oh, it's just a thought. And the enemy wants to make you believe, oh, it's okay, nobody can see it. And the enemy wants to make you believe you're not affecting anybody. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not doing harm to anybody. But yeah, that's what the enemy says because he knows that all it needs is to start just growing a little bit. The more time and thought you give to that evil desire inside of you, the more it matures and the stronger it gets. And eventually it'll be too late and you'll start acting upon that which was once only a thought. But we're warned. Listen, do not think evil. Say with me, do not think evil. Number two, second warning that we're given here in the Psalms. It says that a blessed person, a blessed person does not only not think evil, a blessed person does not do evil. A blessed person does not think evil. But a blessed person does not do evil. And that's where it says here now, it says, or stand in the way that sinners take. They not only not think of evil, but listen, stand is a metaphor for presenting oneself for service. And in this case, it's presenting oneself for service to sin or sinners. And how many of you know that standing, just standing doesn't mean that you're necessarily idle. Standing doesn't necessarily mean that you're not doing anything. Because if you see somebody with a nice tuxedo standing in front of a five-star hotel by the door, standing like this, that person is not just standing. That person is standing, but they are waiting for an opportunity to be able to serve the moment somebody walks up to the door. And what might look like is some an act, a, a passive action. The moment somebody walks up, that person that is just standing, as soon as they see someone come, they'll open up the door so that that person can go in and they will serve their purpose. They are standing in the way of service, to serve, to give. And here the psalmist is saying this, listen, he's saying that, a sinner is a person who misses the mark of God, meaning that they act out of line with his will. So to stand in the way of sinner means that you are waiting for the opportunity to act out evil desires. It means that you rebel and you do what is wrong. It means that you are waiting to do exactly the opposite of that which is required or that which is requested. And the psalmist says, second warning, listen to me. Not only do the blessed not think evil, the blessed don't do evil. They're not waiting for opportunities to act out in, in opposition to the will of God and the purposes of God. No, listen, you have to know that sometimes positioning yourself in the wrong place can cause you to do the wrong things. David, the Bible says, when kings should have been at war, 
David was at home. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And what happened? What happened was that he went up to his roof when he should have been at war. He stayed at home. He was in the wrong place. And when he went up to his roof, he looked to his neighbor's house and he saw his neighbor's wife taking a bath naked. And he looked at her and desired her and asked about her and asked to have her come over and slept with her. And then she told them she was pregnant. And he had her husband killed. You know this story already. I don't have to tell you. But all that came about because David was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He ended up doing what he shouldn't have done because he positioned himself to serve an opportunity of sin. So not standing in the way of sinners, listen to me this morning, does not mean that you are perfect. None of us are perfect. But it means that it's not your lifestyle. It means that you don't do it intentionally. You may do wrong occasionally, but it's not what you're about continually. Can I get an amen from somebody here? That's not what we're thinking about. That's not what we're looking to do in our lives. We're not looking for opportunities to do evil, to do wrong, to live against the purposes of God. Because we know that we are blessed in him. That's who we are. But not standing in the way of sinners means that I, it means that I, I'm obedient, I'm obedient. And I comply with the rules and the standards that are set by God, the church leaders and those in authority. A person who is blessed does not do evil. That's why David, after he had fallen in sin and done that, a prophet came and confronted him. And then he wrote a psalm, the psalm that he wrote after he went through all this situation. And this is what he prayed. And it's the prayer that we should pray as in our lives, even though we're not living continually in sin, we will fall in moments of sin and do the things that we should not do and when that time comes and we approach God and we come into his presence with worship and and with prayer we should say like David said in Psalm 51 he said have mercy on me O God according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin Sin is always before me, but against you only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. So cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. That's our prayer. That's how we should come to God. 
when we come to God, we should be warned. We might not sin continually. We might not be waiting for opportunities to do what's wrong. But there will come times when we will be caught in the wrong place and at the wrong time. And when that happens and when you fall, just know that you have a God who is merciful, who is forgiving and is willing to take you back. So when you pray, you can come with boldness into his throne and say, God, forgive me for my sin. Have mercy on me and he will have mercy. I wish I was preaching to somebody this morning. That's how we should approach God. Number one, thank God. Guard my mind. Guard my thoughts. God, but number two, have mercy on me when I commit sin. And the last one that I want to give you this morning, the last warning as we approach God and we come to God in prayer, is that we should know that a blessed person not only doesn't think evil or does evil, listen, listen to me. A blessed person does not speak evil. A blessed person does not speak evil. The psalmist now says, or sit in the company of mockers. To sit in the company of mockers is a metaphor for spending time with mockers. And mockers are those that speak disrespectfully of others. They look down at others and consider others as worthless. I know we don't have any of those here today. But they spend time openly expressing their dislike for others. Their busy bodies. They spend time talking to people about other people. They like having their coffee time. Which is another word, say, another word of saying gossip time. They enjoy that because they have no respect for other people. They think they are above others. And they feel that they can say whatever they want to say because it is their right to do so. They say, well, we live in a free country and we have free speech. But listen, have you forgotten that you are first of all a citizen, not of the United States, but a citizen of the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as free speech as a kingdom citizen. And you know that your words have power to lift up or to destroy. Your words have power to encourage or discourage. And when you come to God in worship and in prayer, you know, God, I got to be careful what I say. Because as your child, I can't sit. In the company of mockers, I can't spend time with those that despise others with their speech. You see, your words are powerful. 
And they can build or destroy relationships. They can unite or they can divide. They can influence for good or they can influence for bad. And when you know that that's what can happen with your words, you don't just go around like a busybody looking to see who you can gossip with. You don't just go around letting your tongue loose and say whatever it wants to say. You don't let your ears listen to just any conversation because you know there's power in words. And so, when we pray the Psalms, and we come to God in worship, when we come to God in prayer, we will come upon the word in Psalms mockers. And we should pray when we come upon this word, God break their teeth. Shut their mouth. Because they plan evil and they speak evil and they do evil. And with their tongue they destroy and they set fire to things in life. And they divide and they bring down. But we should pray, God break their teeth. Let their own words fall upon them. Come on, when you read the psalm and you begin to pray the psalms, you realize, man, you get more permission to say things in God's presence that you didn't think you could say before. And now you can begin to pray with authority. Don't let their words destroy what you're doing, God. When you're praying now the psalms, you say, God, not only do I pray that you will not let their words destroy, but I ask you, God, to guard me from becoming a victim of the words of those that speak evil. Guard my heart from the pain and the hurt of those that despise me. God, teach me to love those that speak evil of me. And don't let their poisonous tongue infect me with resentment and anger and hate because I know one thing and that is that I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm chosen by God. Even if others don't see your value you are valuable to God so pray God give me the strength to stand up against mockers those that speak evil and gossipers give me boldness to tell them when they're wrong when they're speaking like that God help me and we should pray God forgive me for being part of conversations that were not edifying. Forgive me for using my mouth to speak ill of others when I should have shut my mouth before I opened it. God, take control of my tongue. Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Because I understand that when I approach you and I come to you in worship and in prayer, I got to make sure that my heart is set right before you. Because you do not have company with sinners and wicked men or mockers. God, you delight in righteousness. And God, you delight in those that do good. So therefore, God, I ask you, change my heart. Change my thoughts. God, change my actions. So that I can stay on the path of those that are blessed. Can I tell you that to be blessed does not mean that everything will go right in your life. 
I get some help? Thank you. To be blessed does not mean that you will be successful in everything. You see, sometimes blessed means, blessed means that you will go through hardships. Blessed sometimes means that you will experience suffering. To be blessed means that sometimes your outward appearance and what you are living and experiencing in the moment does not reflect what God has already called you blessed. In Job it says, blessed are those whom God corrects. Happy, fortunate, lucky. I'm pretty sure that when they get corrected, they're not smiling and they're not laughing. That's not what it means. But it means, this is what it means. It means that God cares for them. To be blessed means that God looks after you. And that's why sometimes God will correct you. That's, some, that's why sometimes God will allow you to go through some things to teach you a lesson. Because he loves you. Because you are blessed. And you know that I realized when I got that ticket from that police officer, I was so upset. At the beginning, I was so upset. I was so angry. I wanted to hire a lawyer, you know, to get out of it and do whatever I could. And then I realized, you know what he was doing? He was doing me a favor. I saw in that action that seemed to, man, suck in the moment. That it was actually God looking out for me. Because what if, what if the consequence wouldn't have been a ticket, it would have been an oncoming car. What if the consequences would have been worse? And I realized in that moment, man, that ticket hurt. That warning hurt. But it taught me a lesson. Can I tell you something here today? I will never again pass in a no-passing zone. I'm not going to risk it. And I'm fortunate. I'm blessed because I was taught that lesson and that's what God does with us. In this book of Psalms of prayers, it begins with do not, do not, do not. So that we can have a warning of how we should not approach God. We should not come to God with evil thoughts and desires and petitions. We should not come to God having done evil actions and evil deeds and then acting like if everything is good. I'm not saying that we can't come to God, but just coming to God's presence and acting like everything is all good in my life. We should not come to God having been speaking around and spreading gossip and causing division with our tongues and our mouth and then saying, God, I bless you, God, I bless you. God, 
as those that are blessed. Can I, get, can I have somebody here that can say amen that's blessed? We should come humbly. We should come humbly. Say, God, I come before you and I confess my sins. As I approach you, the first thing I do is that I bring a heart that is repentant. I come to you and I confess something that you might not be accustomed to doing. But I confess. I confess my evil thoughts and I repent of them. I confess my evil deeds because you see all things, God, and I repent of them. And I confess my evil words and I repent. Cleanse me and purify me. Change me. One of the most important aspects of prayer is being aware of the things that we are doing that we should not be doing. So that when we go to God in prayer, we can ask God to mold us and to shape us. And I don't know where you're at in your life this morning. I don't know how it is that you pray to God. I don't know how your prayer life is. But I believe that God is teaching us something of how we should approach him and come to him when we pray. And I want this morning for us to stand to our feet. And I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to empower us. So that we can live in a way that does not reflect who we used to be. But that reflects who he is calling us to be. We need to ask God this morning, sanctify me Lord. Purify me. So that I can put off my old self, my old desires, my old attitudes, my old actions. My old way of speaking, God, purify me. Purify my tongue. Make me aware of the wrong things in my life. So that I may be more humble. God, I confess. Come on, tell them this morning. Say, God, I confess my wrongdoing. My wrong thoughts. My wrong words purify my mind, my body, and my mouth. Don't let me fall into temptation. God, deliver me from evil so that I can stay on the right path. Save me from myself, God. So as you read and you pray the Psalms, You'll find many instances where the evildoer is spoken of, the wicked, the sinner, the mocker. Not just so that you can pray that God will deal with them justly, which you should pray, but so that God can keep you from being one of those. Because we are all sinners and have all sinned. But listen, when we came to Christ, we were given a new nature. 
we are no longer at the service of sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. We have become servants of righteousness and not wickedness. We now stand ready to serve God in doing good for we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus to do good works now in Christ we don't look to do evil, to think evil, or to speak evil. We look for opportunities to be a blessing to others because that's who we are. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. And as one who is blessed, that's how I should approach God in worship and in prayer with a pure mind and a pure heart and pure hands and a pure tongue so that we will not be like the ones that James said. How can salt water and sweet water come from the same fountain? It's not possible for us to curse our brothers with the tongue that we also bless God. We need to say, God, purify my mind, purify my words, purify my hands so that I can live holy before you, so that I can come before you. Not as perfect but as humble. Not as perfect, but as humble. Humble. In repentance, so that you can renew and restore and make right everything in me. And mold us, mold us to be in the image of your son, Jesus Christ, evermore. Come on, let's sing to him this morning. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.